Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast that talks about all of Blizzard's many games. Uh, I'm Matt Rossi, your host, and with me this week are two amazing, just glorious co-hosts. They they bring a smile to my face, although sometimes that's because Alex has just said something strange and I'm confused by it. Uh, first up is that aforementioned Alex Zebart. Alex, how are you doing this weekend? Hello, I'm doing, up? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I've been playing a whole lot of Fallout 4, like way too much Fallout 4 because I had nothing better to do. Gotcha. Uh, I haven't gotten to play fallout 4 so i'm just going to move on fair uh, enough and and stickney who is, does just about everything for us at, at blizzard watch what are you doing this week um well we did thanksgiving that was fun and um i played a lot of dragon age inquisition over the weekend because i decided i wanted to complete everything that's a much yeah. more sizable task than i'd originally thought so i don't know if yeah. i'm actually ever going to finish that or not you're never even going to the hinterlands. No, I, I no, you can, the, I've cleared that place out. Oh, that place is cleared out that for hard. like forever. The only reason you don't get to finish the hinterlands up front is because the levels stuff is so broad. Like yeah. there's stuff in there that's way higher level than other stuff in there. Yeah. But it doesn't actually take that long to clean out compared to say, um, oh, the abyss. Not I'm the like, abyss. What do they call it? Western approach. Yeah. I'm like halfway, about halfway through the game. No, a little more than halfway through the game. Like, I still haven't done the whole, oh, go to the ball, talk to the nobles, be snooty thing, which is really fun, and I love that part. But I'm almost level 18 already. Yeah. Um, just because I've been you finishing can, everything. <laughs> you, can, you can easily, like, be, like, level 20-something when you go there. Yeah. If you really want to. I, I remember, like, I did the first part, and I know this isn't a Dragon Age podcast, so I'll shut up soon, but <laughs> I did the first part where you, you go and, like, talk to the Grey Wardens and deal with that, and then you go, I went and I decided, I'm going to kill every dragon in the game. Yeah, that... And so I wandered um, around he, killing every dragon in the game. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll be over here turning Boston into my personal glue factory. Hey, there I, you I go. Want, I really want to play Fallout 4, I just haven't gotten around to it yet, because, you know, money, the holidays and everything. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's less a... I'm at the place where I I, can't, I don't buy games for myself in December at all because my birthday is like the uh, it's literally in eight days, mm. and then say, Christmas it's is next week, isn't it? Yeah, my birthday is the seventh, and then my Christmas is coming. So it's like um, if I buy games for myself, I'm completely messing over like anybody wanting to buy me a gift. Aww. You know, games enough. are like easy. Games are the easy thing to get me. It's like you know, people are always like, "What do you want for Christmas?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Usually, the answer is some game thing that's coming out. Like pre-order, you know, pre-order Legion for me, or buy, you know, buy me uh, Fallout Four. Fallout Four would be a good example. If you know, if there was a new Mass Effect game coming this month, that would be the thing to get me. <sighs> I so wish, but we have to wait a whole year for that. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, this week in various Blizzard things. What should we talk about? There's there's quite a lot of data mining still going on for Legion. Um, the beta, the alpha is still trucking along. Hasn't really changed. They haven't, you know, haven't opened anything new up. So it's basically the same stuff. But I didn't think we kinda, they were going to open anything over the holiday. No, no, I'm I'm not saying they were or weren't. I'm just saying they yeah. didn't. So there's not nothing really new there to talk about. Um, but there is there was the big data mine that they did mine basically every artifact. Um, I believe was it Alex? Were you the one that wrote that up or? No, I think that was Dan that wrote up the the artifacts. That was Dan yeah. Halloran. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, apparently, from what, I'm, what I've heard, all of the artifact stuff is particularly early in development. It felt so, early. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, there's. I mean, MMO Champion has a calculator, but from what I understand, uh, most, if not all, of it is subject to change quite imminently. So we'll see. I mean, it exists, but I don't know how much of it will continue to exist. 
Yeah, it definitely felt early. Like it doesn't feel like this is this is what's going to ship. No. But it was interesting just to look at the um the way it's going to affect you. Like not not necessarily like, you know, this is the final thing, but the idea of how these things are going to work, I thought was really interesting. Uh just in general. This this really does feel um if you guys were playing back back when Cataclysm was announced, not when it came out, but when it was announced, there was going to be this whole system called Path of the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. And the the artifact feels a lot like that. Um, it, the modifiers to abilities and so forth. It really does feel like a, a, another kind of customization. So it's it's interesting to me to see it. Uh, I just like that you have a talent tree for your weapon. Yeah, I'm I, really curious how it's going to pan out for future expansions. Uh, like, I mean, it seems like the artifacts even come with things like their own spells that you'll put on your action bar and that whole thing. Yeah. And uh, if these aren't carrying forward. I think it's going to feel weird going to the next expansion and suddenly losing all of those perks and spells you got from your artifact. Like, those are just gone. That is that is something that needs to be determined. Like, how is that going to work? If it, it, it would be the first time you ever, like, gained a whole bunch of new powers and then never used them again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, it does strike me as bizarre. It feels weird. Like, I, 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 I don't mind, the, like, not getting a new weapon during Legion thing. But it does feel weird to ever then start getting new weapons again. Like, how am I going to top this? Like, seriously, like, and then, you know, there's a, here's a green, you know, level 1000 uh, polearm that's better than the doom hammer. <laughs> yeah. This, this spear I pulled out of a tree that, you know, it's better than, than, than weapon that I got from a god. Okay, I, I guess. Yeah. Unless we had to somehow sacrifice our weapons to beat the final boss or something. That would be interesting. Yeah, but then we'd be stuck without a weapon until the <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I mean, like, if you had to do that and then it was replaced with, like, loot from the boss or something like that, I don't know. Yeah. There, there's a it way, be, there's a way that they would kind of... terrible. It yeah. would, wouldn't it? But it'd be like you've made the ultimate sacrifice short of your own life. Oh, no, this no. weapon, Tyrion's this baby that you spent all this time building up. Yeah, we're going to take that from you. That Tyrion's going to be so mad. <laughs> what do you mean you lost the Ashbringer? I, I didn't lose it. I didn't lose the Ashbringer. I know exactly where it is. It's just in an ice block. It's waiting for the right face <laughs> I mean, to come to back out fair, again. <laughs> you understand that. To be fair, Tyrion cannot speak when it comes to losing the Ashbringer. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, but he he lost the, the Ashbringer entirely because he let somebody else carry it. And oh no! Here, I don't feel like carrying this thing to Northern. I'm gonna give it to you. Oh, you lost it. <laughs> Why do I keep letting people carry that thing? Every time I let someone else have it, they lose it. <laughs> like oh no! Now I have how that guy who we we met at level seventy felt. <sighs> yeah. That, so there's as a progression path that's interesting in and of itself and yeah there's also the the, the um some of the uh, powers and abilities aren't tremendously interesting yet but i think a lot of them just they were just kind of like putting them together so it, it makes sense that this one doesn't feel as powerful as it should or that one doesn't feel as interesting as it should i don't like some of them don't even seem to be done yet like no. the arm i don't there's anything for arms arms didn't have anything one of but, the other uh, yeah. things that somebody mentioned in the chat channel, too, was that a lot of the engineering items are being flagged as toys. And that's while that's interesting that they're doing that, that's something that I'm taking with a gigantic grain of salt. Because a lot of the items that they flagged, like the wormhole generators and things like that, those mm -hmm. were things that were originally flagged to be toys when the toy box was going to go in. And then they didn't get put in. But they were there. They were they were flagged as toys for the longest time in the beta. It's just when it was. say this right now. Turn. One of the things that really annoys me 
yeah. is all the stuff they put in Tanan that isn't a toy. Those are all going to be made yeah. toys. They should be. Yeah, see they're if they actually on the did. list of things that are going to be made toys. I'm like, why couldn't you have made that a toy to begin with? I mean, you have this toy box thing. Why don't you just, when you put it in the game, flag it? Carry around a lot of really dumb things because I don't want to like not have them. Oh, I don't know. It's weird because they um, give us the toy box and then it's like, we've added some new stuff to the toy box. Here's some new items that are specifically toys. It's like, well, what about all these old items that should be toys? That yeah. <laughs> You're just going to let those just rot in our bags? Thanks. You know. So, hey, Anne, uh, I have a question that I'm going to go backwards a little bit because um, uh, I haven't actually looked at a lot of the artifact, like the models until recently. Uh-huh. Do you know if there's any variations of the Outlaw Rogue one that actually look like piratey cutlasses? Um, yes. I'm, yeah, there is. And then there's also one that looks kind of like... Um, Oh, a fencing foil, almost. Yeah, like, almost. I don't I don't want this rapier. I don't want these ones no, that look one like that, moons. There's one that looks kind of like a cutlass, if I remember correctly. Okay. He might, you might not like it because it is a pretty fancy cutlass. Yeah. I just well, want to be fair, that, all of the weapons are fancy weapons. That's just what they are. I just want that blade style. Like, okay, like, this is a fine rapier. You know, whatever, it's a Warcrafty rapier. I can do that. But I'm a freaking pirate. I want a cutlass. Yeah. Th- there was one, um... I remember there's there's one that looks like two big glowing golden cutlasses. I yeah. know that the night elf on the page on the uh, Battle.net blog post forum, there's a night elf dude holding something that looks like weird moon. And if that's supposed to be a cutlass, it's not. <laughs> then I think you might be on that. Crap. Now I need to find another new class to play. <laughs> Outlaw Rogue is what I was going to do because I didn't like paladin stuff. Oh, well. I, I really warrior. like. I actually like the look of the outlaw weapons. There's there's a bunch of variety there. So I'll tell you right now. I think that the arms warrior artifact is really cool for a lot of reasons. So yeah. I just want a cutlass, man. Why is it so <laughs> hard? There's they're supposed to be pirates. How can you not have a cool cutlass? <sighs> okay, well <sighs> at Whatever. this point I'm going to move us on to emails because we do that every week. Um, if you're just now tuning in, um, please send an email. If you send an email to a podcast at blizzardwatch.com, we'd love to answer your questions or talk about whatever you'd send in to us. So that's one of the things we do. And if you're a patron of the site on Patreon, we're happy to answer your stuff first. That's a priority that we do here. Um, this week, first question is from Alessander, who writes us quite often, actually. Hi, Alessander. Um, I understand why Illidan is willing to become practically a demon to defeat the Burning Legion, and why the Naga and Ashtung follow Illidan, but why do the Shivara follow Illidan? Aren't they demons? Are there factions of demons within the Burning Legion at conflict with each other? This sounds like an Ann question. This was actually... Oh, man, I so wish that I had that screenshot like right in front of me, but it's something that's addressed in the Demon Hunter starting area. When you go through the quests, one of the things that you ask is, can we trust these people and the answer is yes you can because apparently Illidan gained their trust they were kind of enslaved by Magtheridon so when Illidan came in and he overthrew Magtheridon they were pretty much indebted to him and they said okay we'll go ahead and serve you now if you do the warlock green fire quest there's a whole thing about all the various Illidari demons that work for Illidan willingly Uh, he basically has it's involved in the whole um when you go down into the basement of the of the Black Temple and there's the, the weird three-faced boss whose name is, is escaping me at the moment. 
Reliquary, uh, Reliquary of Souls. Souls. Yeah. yeah, that's that's involved in what Illidan's plan was and and why he the why the Blood Elves were going to get freed from their addiction. He has basically another Well of Eternity. Uh, he made it using the vials that he had because and one he was just going, wasn't enough. He loves Wells of Eternity. This guy's Absolutely. crazy for. He, you know, he, at the time, I always thought that. I mean, I don't think they actually said this, and this isn't what the reality of what happened. But I thought that the the stuff that Lady Vosh was doing was like uh, taking all of that water so they could create the well with those vials from Illidan. Oh. But apparently, that's not what was happening. Which I thought was weird. What Illidan basically did was he created a, a, an arcane font that was so powerful that he could have been used to just completely get rid of the Blood Elves magic addiction. He could just say, hey, drink from this all you want. But it's also useful for you know, with demons because apparently demons are also to some degree bound to the Legion. And you can unbind them if you have a sufficiently powerful magical source for them to draw from, which Illidan has. So that's why he, the, the you know certain demons serve him directly. Yeah, and between yeah, that and the whole freeing, it, it, that was what it said in the quest was was the whole, well, they decided to follow him because he set them free when he killed Magtheridon, so... Yeah, uh, that's why there's like there's all the various Illidari demons wandering around Outland, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, th- there, there's a whole bunch of them. The Shiv- the Shivara are also... I don't know, I always I always liked uh, the, the mother fight, so I'm, I kind of have a soft spot for those guys. They just, you know, I like the bit, and I like the bit when you summon them in the in the in the Demon Hunter start. When you summon them, and they're like, "Okay, let's go, let's go visit our our former friends." <laughs> and they're very, they're very, you know, let's just go stab a lot of they're people. Very blasé about the whole thing. It's like, yeah, let's yeah. go visit them and kill them. Sure, why not? So yeah, in terms of there being factions of demons within the Burning Legion, uh, I don't know if I'd say there's factions. But without Sargeras there to just kind of remind everyone, I will kill you, they have kind of gotten a bit snipey. Um, one of the things I remember from Warcraft 3 is that the Dreadlords were very bickery back and forth and definitely weren't all necessarily on board with the whole uh, creating an army of undead to conquer the world plan. They definitely had their reservations about it. Um, kill Jaden and Archimond are definitely not pulling in tandem. These two guys are both thinking which one of us gets to be in charge. And they both are answering that question with me. Yeah. So th- there's there is some there's some tension there. Uh, they seem to be trying to address it by which one of us pulls off the greatest move of you know, it, it's kind of like a like a like a break dancing contest from an 80s movie, except instead of break dancing, they want to break a planet, and that planet is Azeroth. Like it seems like each of them thinks, well, I'll be the one to kill Azeroth, and that'll that'll because even Sargeras couldn't pull that off. So if I pull that off, yeah, I'm definitely. I like how you've just sort of equated this whole cosmic war thing to a dance battle in an, yeah. an alley somewhere. <laughs> it's very much like it's like Breaking Two, but with Sargeras and Kill Jane. I but think I'd enjoy know. that expansion. Yeah, I think we all would. Finally, the dance studio gets in, and yeah. finally we you, know, you have to master your moves in the dance studio to win a dance off with the Legion. The best part was that like you'd have like you know there'd be a scrolling thing coming up the screen with various buttons you have to hit to get your dance thing on. And it'd be like, you know, Oh no, I missed it. Ah, you know, and kill James. Like, ha 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 Now I will show you my ultimate move. And he like pulls his legs out of the ground. It's like, he does have legs. Starts dancing. Yeah. I, I may actually have watched entirely too many. I, I did watch breaking. Too. I, I, I was like, um, okay. next email, unless Alex is going to talk about dancing some more. Oh, I was just very briefly, uh, when I worked at Hollywood Video, uh, my coworker, who I was often on shift with, 
she was obsessed with those like dance movies and she would constantly be playing them while we were on shifts. It was kind of obnoxious. The end. Okay. Best wishes. This one is from Pilgrim, a uh, demon hunter to be EU storm Reaver. So hi guys. Who do you think will be the final boss of Legion? Oh, Avatar no. Sargeras kill Jaden as Shara. Personally, I would hate for it to be kill Jaden. He's too similar to Archimonde who we just defeated again. And he's already been the last boss of one expansion BC. I hope that the next time we battle KJ and Archimonde will be the last boss encounter before Sargeras and the last expansion of wow, a boss fight in the nether where we you know, fight both of them at the same time, twin emperor style. Keep on being awesome. Looking forward to having you guys and your site delivering content through throughout Legion beta and the expansion proper. Uh, Pilgrim. Okay. Uh, uh, do either you guys want to speculate first before I do? Boy, I tell you what, um, a twin emperor style fight with Kill Jaden and Archimon just sounds really amazing in my head. That would so. be a lot of fun. <laughs> Especially because they're not going to get along during it. No, they but, aren't. And so they it's might gonna dance. Be like, it's going to be like, it'd be like, um, oh, that boss in, uh, is it Architraz? I think it's Architraz. Yeah, the the. With the two that bicker back and forth. Yeah. And I mean, you fight them solo, but it'd be like the bickering couple like that, only you're fighting them as they're bickering. Actually, you know what? That fight fight gives me an idea of how to do an old school, old war version of a hard mode with them. Yeah. Like if you could fight them independently, but if you fought them both at once, you'd get better loot. Oh. You know, because that's the kind of fight. Yeah. I, that's the kind of thing, and the best part of that is if you do the mythic version, then Velen shows up, <laughs> and it's all three of them again. For the and of course they're both going to give him you know grief the whole time, like he puts shields over the party or whatever, and you know, he's, they're like, soon we will crush you, you fool, you betrayed us. And he'll be like, as you who betrayed everything we stood for, blah blah. But uh, in terms of actually this expansion, I, I'll tell you right now, I have zero idea who's going to be the end boss of this one. Um, I don't think it's going to be Kill Jaden or Archimond. Archimond, literally, we just saw the guy. I don't think we're going to see. We don't think he's going to be the end boss of anything. Um, I know it's not Gul'dan because we're killing Gul'dan off way earlier. Um, um, I kind of feel like it has to be Sargeras the way they're setting it up. See, I, I think it could be the Avatar. I don't think it'll be Sa- it'll be Sargeras. I think that's just too big. If Sargeras is personally involved in this, then we're in, we're in a lot more trouble. Well, it wasn't, isn't that the whole idea, that largest invasion of Azeroth ever, and they're coming right in at the throne of Sargeras, and, or the tomb of Sargeras, and it kind of feels like they're building up, to like, it has to be something big. Uh, if yeah. it isn't somebody big, I think the climax will fall on itself. Well, that's why I'm saying I, I really don't know. Like, I, yeah. I think the Avatar definitely could work. Um, I just think it's one of those things where, really, I've got no idea. I do feel like the state take over Cadgar and Cadgar is going to be the avatar. And then we have to fight Cadgar and he has like all kinds of mage stuff on top of the whole demony thing. Yeah, that'll be it. This is just like a <laughs> wild guess. You just want to kill I, Cadgar. Seriously, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. I don't think it's going to be kill Jaden. I don't think that it's going to be Sargeras because the thing is, is Sargeras is like, he's not just a bad guy. He's one of those pillar of the franchise bad guys beyond what Illidan was and beyond what the Lich King was even. And if we get rid of Sargeras, who is left? It's hard to, yeah, it's hard to imagine there here's, being... You know, I mean, here's the thing about Sargeras, though. Like, for being a pillar bad guy or whatever, we've never actually happened. seen him or interacted with him. Yeah. Personally, I have no strong feelings about Sargeras because I've never met that guy. He's never done anything to me. See... Here's one thing. Here's like here's two things. One is that I'll I'll just speculate this. Um, Illidan is on the box, and that means something. 
I don't know what it means. It means but it means something. Service. Well, it used to mean end boss until this expansion where suddenly it didn't. Um, so I'll point that out first off. Second off, I've been saying all along, I think I've, I've, it's been hammered and hammered and hammered at people that we need to occasionally lose and have some setbacks. And they've talked a lot about trying to get expansions out faster and about this being the middle part of an extended story they want to do. So the biggest twist they could do is for us to lose to whatever the end boss of this expansion is. Like pull a Return of the Jedi? Or Yeah, not Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, excuse me. Empire. Yeah. Pull a Star Wars. Pull a Star Wars yeah. trilogy. Yeah, that would be, if this is an expansion trilogy type event, the, the biggest shocker would be we get up there, whoever end boss is, whips out end bossy abilities, and we lose. We don't beat him. Like uh, to, to use an example from the actual game of, as we have it, it would be like the final fight in um, in uh, Ice Crown Citadel, the, 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 the dungeon, the five-man Paul's Reflection, where yeah. you don't win that fight. The, the goal you of that survive. fight is to win. Yeah, it's, it's like, do you run fast enough? Do you get those walls down fast enough? Do you get away fast enough? That could be an interesting fight where may, maybe you get to shut the portal, oh, that would but be you a- don't win... You don't win the fight. Maybe you even end up on the other side of the board. Can you imagine doing that that run, that 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 halls of reflection run, as like the last encounter of a raid with twenty five people, where you're all desperately just trying to get the heck out? I don't know. On the one hand, it could be really cool. On the other hand, I mean, I I, I remember doing that dungeon when it came out, and there were like all sorts of. It's the player idea to always try and come up with a way around these things. Yeah. So. I'd also be kind of afraid that it would end up sort of like the Mount Hygel raid where, you know, that that dungeon, that raid could get kind of weird and not always be fun because the waves. And you had to wait you. and wait and wait. And the stronger uh, that you got, the stronger that you got, the faster you cut the waves down and the longer you had to wait in between. Yeah, they didn't come immediately upon killing the previous one. Lysambria uh, <laughs> in chat had a good point. Um, like having these moments of defeat is one thing. Having it be the last raid encounter of an expansion with Blizzard inevitably means you are being defeated once a week for a year. Yeah, uh, I think that can get demoralizing to the player base very quickly. Yeah, but if, if it's set up as a straight up just you lose moment, yeah. Where if it's, if it's set up more along the lines of we've we got to close the portal and that's your goal from the beginning, and not necessarily we're gonna go kick you know we're gonna go kick Sargeras's butt. But all we all we can hope to do here is close the portal before our planet's destroyed. There's ways around it, but yeah, I, I, an outright crushing defeat at the end of the expansion that probably isn't the feel good moment you want for the end of the big dungeon. So yeah, and it would, I, I think that would be less of an issue if we didn't consistently have a year after the last raid tier. Yeah, I'm also I'm like I'm afraid that they're going to make it somebody though, like Kaigar or even Rathion or somebody like that, because I don't. <sighs> As much as I think that the idea of a good guy going bad is kind of interesting, I I don't really want to see it happen. You know, what yeah, I, mean? I, think, I think they've yeah. done certain things to death. And yeah, they don't necessarily realize that, like um, an alliance hero dying. Uh, <laughs> alliance heroes dying in Legion. If that happens, uh, if they're you know hyping up this whole you know heroes will fall, dude. The alliance has been dealing with that since vanilla. Uh, it's like old hat by now. <laughs> like you just keep killing them. Like we're just we're tired of it already. I mean, uh, for me, it won't be a big dramatic moment if more alliance heroes die. Like you've been doing it this whole time. I'm over it. 
It'll just be, I mean, it'll just be like a... <sighs> there goes another one. Yeah, I, I, I'll admit that I, I feel like I've had enough of that. But in terms of like, you know, so the problem with coming up with an end boss for this one is that it's once we kind of have a surfeit of, of potential end bosses, and yet none of them feel right... Like I'm, I'm sorry, you know, kill Jaden at the end as the end boss of this. That's like we just had that. We just you just keep recycling bosses from BC as the end boss of this expansion. That's not going to impress me. Um, in, in terms of it being like somebody like like Cadgar, I don't feel any personal animosity towards Cadgar. I don't hate him. I, I don't want to kill him. If he if he if he does a lot of stuff in this expansion, it, it kind of feels like. I don't want to mention it. it. Just it feels like you know he doesn't feel like a, an antagonist enough for me to feel like motivated towards him. Uh, Ashara would be cool if if there's build up for her. Like if there's build up in the expansion and she isn't just like just a background presence sending people to do stuff. But if like say in the next patch after we get done with this raid tier, there's a real build up where I I, I feel Ashara doing things. And that then yeah, there's actually potential for that because she is mentioned here and there. Yeah. Like, she's mentioned, but we've never actually seen her, and there's been no direct mention of any direct appearances from her. It's just... Isn't there something called the Wrath of Ashara at one point? Or the yeah, but it's like it's like a creation she made with her power, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But it's I'm not actually saying that her. This is kind of how I feel about Sir Garrus. Is like, okay, yeah, he's supposed to be like the end-all, be-all villain of Warcraft, but we've never actually seen anything from him ever at any point. Well, we, we, I have we kinda no did. attachment. We kind of did in that he was the one inside Medivh doing all the evil stuff. So there's that. There's Warcraft, the original Warcraft game with everything Medivh did to, to bring the Horde over. That was actually Sargeras. But that was all the way so, back in Warcraft 1. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we that need, was, what, we need 1994? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, we would need to see some stuff done by him right now. Yeah. The only thing we've ever seen in, 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 in the entire history of the game is that bit in Wrath in the Undercity, if you were Horde and yeah. you were fighting, you were fighting, uh, oh, bloody heck, I can't remember his name. It's been that long. The Nathrazim, the Bal- not Balnazar, Varimothras. Varimothras, yeah. When Varimothras was opening the portals, he uh, basically, they, the voice that was coming through the portals berating him for screwing up was entitled Sargeras in the voice files. But there was never any confirmation in the game that that was him. It was just the name of a data file, is all. Yeah, so it's another one of those things where uh, Blizzard has some specific things they like to dance around a lot. Uh, but by dancing around it, we have no actual investment in it. So it n- no longer feels important, even though they yeah. feel it really is. Like they have their darlings that they keep close to heart, but they keep it so close that I'm like, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I haven't seen anything in how many years. I just don't care anymore. Sargeras, yeah. whoop-de-doo. Give me somebody more interesting. I, I would like, you know, in terms of the if the Avatar showed up, that could be a really cool fight, especially if it was one of those situations where the Avatar is getting reanimated piecemeal. So, like, you know, stage one, you know, they've only woken up its arm. <laughs> this giant Sargeras arm is... Phase two, <laughs> oh, no, they've got the whole tar- torso up now. And the arm is, like, the size of Deathwing. Just yeah. the arm. <laughs> Just this really big arm. It's this <laughs> giant arm. It's like actually climbing up it or something. Like like the, uh, uh, what is it, Colossus? I can't remember the, Shadow of the Colossus. It's yeah. like you're playing Shadow of the Colossus with the Avatar of Sargeras's body. Oh, that'd and, be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, if, if it was done right. If, if it wasn't, you know, in the spine of Deathwing where I end up basically just running around, you know, you know, that thunder farting on oozes. It sounded really cool in theory and then in practice it didn't quite live up to what it was in my head. But I don't uh, think that, I, I, I 
to be fair, I don't think that that could ever have lived up to what was in my head. So, uh, for me, the problem with Spine of Deathwing was simply that I spent the entire fight running around, thunder farting on oozes, and trying to keep them <laughs> basically chasing me around a, a giant dragon's back while everybody else actually did the encounter. Like, yeah, my job... that tends to be a problem in those encounters that are supposed to be really interesting. There's always somebody or a group of somebodies who get a really obnoxious job and don't actually get to see the encounter happening. Yeah, I had no idea what was going on at any given moment. I just knew, oozes, boom. I j- can I, okay, I can't thunder for clap yet, so I'm going to jump on it. That The thing is, that, that I really hope that they don't do that. I don't want to fight where I have t- to fight the same guy twice. And that's that really, Spine followed by Madness drove me crazy. Because it's it's the same guy, twice. It's like you had two phases of an encounter, and there was a loot box in between them. Yeah, it's it, it was... I can handle a multi-phase fight. I can. I actually thought the Garage fight was really well done. I didn't particularly care. I didn't particularly like that I was fighting Garage, but I thought it was really well done. And it, it's. I know that they did the thing with the resetting health because they didn't. They didn't want to have the Rodan style super huge health. Yeah. But I think it actually worked. Like sometimes limitations and stuff can actually provide you with really good result. And I thought that the, the Garage fight is actually really well executed. Even the Mythic fight, which I, I didn't get to complete, I only got to see. I thought, this is really well done. But at the same time, I felt like Garage as an end boss felt ridiculously anticlimactic. Like, and I don't know why exactly, other than we didn't maybe because we didn't get to kill him. Um, I think the reason it felt kind of anticlimactic to me was because we knew it was going to be him since, like, before the beta came out. Yeah. We don't know okay, so this time around, yeah. so that's kind of nice. It's good. Yeah. Maybe it's good that we'll be completely surprised when it's, when it's you know, Varian. It'll be one of those whoa moments. I don't know. We'll find out. Now, the champion of, of the Legion, Varian. No, don't you dare. Oh, I'd be so mad. <laughs> Maybe, like, all of these heroes that they're talking about are going to die at the Broken Isles or whatever. Maybe it's just all of them at the end. Every single one of They're them. They're all reanimated and working for the Legion now, and we get to yeah. fight them. All right, next up is, again, Elemente. We've had an email from Elemente before. As always, we, we like your name. So, From Kyle Watchers, at BlizzCon 2013, Duncan Jones stated that the team had hired a linguist to flesh out the Orcish language for the movie. As far as I know, there has been no follow-up on this, apart from the awesome Clancy Brown demonstration at Comic-Con. The recent Warcraft trailer also had me worried, since it does not give any indication that orcs and humans speak different languages. Quite the opposite, in the scene where Duraton meets Lothar and Garona, he replies to them in English. I would really hate if the movie ended up downplaying the importance of orcs and humans uh, starting out with mutually unintelligible languages instead of using this difference as a tool for making the story more believable. Thoughts? Elemente. Um, I think the moviegoers would not enjoy a movie where they can never talk to each other. Uh, I think that's always a concern in people with people's like TV. They'll get away with, oh, here's a convenient translator. Um, I don't think you can do that in a movie. I expect when the orcs are just talking to other orcs, intimate moments or private moments, they will probably speak orcish. Uh, but it would be difficult to have a movie where the main characters could never speak to each other. Plus, I mean, for that matter, we don't even know. Like, there might be... I honestly feel like orcish will only get used some. Like, they're not going to like have every time it's just orcs talking to orcs. I don't think they'll just use orcish unless they're going to subtitle big chunks of the movie. Yeah. Because, you know, if it's just orcs talking to orcs in orcish... And nobody can like it. In then it's like you know, people. I like to go and see movies with some subtitling and some funny stuff in it, but not everybody does. 
And for a movie like this, that I don't know how much patience people would have for, like, you know, okay, it's an hour and a half long, and 40 minutes of it is incomprehensible orc babble in subtitles. I actually have friends and family members who just won't watch things with subtitles. And it's not because they're illiterate. It's just because uh, reading the subtitles takes away from their enjoyment of the actual film or TV show or what have you. If yeah. it's like a throwaway line where they're like, suddenly there's a French guy in this episode, like, okay, whatever. If the the whole thing is I have to read subtitles, they just don't want to do it. Well, I, I, there are some people who point out that um, if you're watching, if you're reading subtitles, you are missing stuff happening on screen. Yes. It's that stuff isn't happening up there and your eyes are down at the bottom where the subtitling is. And and that's that's a valid point. I don't know as far I as I'm concerned. So. As far as I'm concerned, like um, language barriers are interesting, and the dynamics of working around language barriers are interesting, but they don't really make for interesting film. And there's far more interesting things that they could be doing with this movie than having oh here's a half hour sequence of Duraton learning how to speak English. As long as they don't throw in some kind of magic pocahontas listen to the wind suddenly poof you can speak english i'm okay with that just well just I mean, do yeah, whatever yeah. it's cool <laughs> although if they actually stole the entire sequence then i'd be okay <laughs> Duraton's out, Duraton's out the there there's like a whistle of wind by his ear but suddenly yeah ah no is Duraton. no no I mean, for that matter the fact <laughs> that they have Garona, they have Garona in here and they have the implication is that she's serving a kind of similar role that she did yeah you know, before it's probably Garona who teaches them how to speak enough Azerothian to you know get by. Yeah. And you would think that the scene of them the meeting is probably it's probably at least the midpoint of the film. Yeah. If, you know, I'm guessing. I have no idea. But you know, if you're having a climactic midpoint, you assume people have taken steps so that they can actually talk. Yeah. You know, otherwise it would just be them staring at each other for a few awkward minutes. And um, do you have any idea what that incomprehensible jibber jabber that they're speaking is, Garona? No idea. And I don't know. That wouldn't be a tremendously interesting. Movie. I just, I just don't feel like sitting down and watching, you know, a, a heartwarming montage of Lothar and Duratan learning Orcish and English are really. It's not necessary. <laughs> Although, I, I, again, now they can also do a scene of of Duratan and uh, Lothar reenacting the pottery scene from Ghost. Oh no! I, I know. For that. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'll go in for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next, next email. email is, next email is, I apologize. Uh, so, I was listening to episode 43, and the age of night elves and Draenei versus humans was mentioned, uh, along with some phrase, phrase of human lifespans being gone in the blink of an eye. And I know in the past you've talked along these lines about, do the Draenei take humans seriously? All humans are kids compared to any Draenei. And I'm good with all that, but it's an interesting perspective. But there's also the perspective of someday we'll invent true multifunction AI. And the infant lifespan... Just let me read the email. And the infant lifespan of the AI is going to be comparatively very short, like minutes to hours for the AI to grow up. And I'm pretty sure that the human reaction isn't going to be, oh, cute little AI that's only four hours old and now discussing quantum mechanics. with You are just too cute. It's going to be, it takes us decades to train our species to your level, and you get there so fast. I'm totally freaking out now. Are you going to turn into Skynet next? 
So the human lifespans are short-lived, and multifunction AI may be very short-lived processing as far as we're compared to us. If anything, the comparatively exceptionally short-lived childhood stage plus fast replacement rate makes them way more formidable, not less. These people fought wars over thousands of years because that's all the fast that's the fastest their population replacement allowed them to fight. Humans, even taking 20-year breaks every few years to rebuild populations, would seem like a never-ending wall of highly intelligent warriors in comparison. Um, there's some idea that some of that's interesting, and that's why I included the email. I, I think that's kind of a comparing it to AIs is weird because AIs not just they're, they're also relatively could live you know we couldn't even tell you how long an ai could an ai could live as long as there's equipment for it to live on whereas humans die humans have a very like they they live so long and then they die which in could make them scary because you know human lifespans are so short that they'll do anything for glory and temporal power like look at our actual world and look at like how humans completely ignore the consequences of actions because we won't be around for them like, ah, yeah, sure, I'm going to poison my planet and change the you know weather systems, but ah, I won't be here. I don't care. So there's there are elements to the, that, about that that could be pretty scary to someone like Adrenai. Adrenai that could possibly live indefinitely unless somebody actually kills it versus the short-lived humans that, you know, breed pretty quickly. Um, they're, they're up to like, you know, uh, who knows how long it takes Adrenai to get fully mature. You know, Dorna doesn't seem to have grown up any. Yeah, uh, that's always the question is that, you know, you have to, uh, I think it's fun to build these things into the world, you know, but there, World of Warcraft doesn't give us a lot of insight into that stuff. I mean, yeah, the Jir and I are very long lived. Uh, we have no indication of their uh, reproduction process. We don't know their fertility rates or birth rates or death rates or maturity rate. I mean, we don't know any of that. So a Jir and I looking at humans being like oh my god they breed like rabbits like that could be scary but the draenei might have same rate of reproduction or whatever weird thing you want to talk about and then it's not scary because they can do it too just i mean maybe they didn't because they were on a spaceship yeah there's you know the, the, the elves for another example we know that elves have children we know that the elves don't take forever to get up i mean they might they take longer but I'm thinking it's uh, – I know we have at least a couple of examples of elven children who are not old at all. Like, how old was Chandra when she started shooting demons with a bow? Not very. Not very old. But, no. She was, she was quite like, young. She was like 20 or 25, which is like teenage for, for her people. So at least before the, the Well of Eternity and the, uh, the, 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 the World Tree, elves didn't take too long to get to adulthood. They, they took longer, but not – it wasn't crazy. Um Dwarves don't seem to take that long either. So it's not... This is one of those things where we're basically just making up our own headcanon because it's not something that the game tells you. And uh, these, these are things that I do find genuinely interesting in fantasy settings that go into it. Uh, mm -hmm. These dynamics of, you know, how do the elves cope with the humans? You know, is there a difference in populations? And all? That stuff is all extremely interesting to me. Like, I love reading about that stuff and writing about that stuff. World of Warcraft doesn't go into it. So we can't really say in terms of WoW... The information is just not there, in general. Okay, I guess we're going to move on to the next email. Okay. Um, hello, Watchers. Gumball the Gnome from Moonguard here. Uh, I just wanted to ask about something uh, I read in an interview. It was said in, in the Broken Isles intro scenario, we will find out how the Ashbringer and Doomhammer wind up in the player's hands. How do you all think these weapons will wind up in our hands? And what is your all's favorite artifact weapon they have announced? I personally like the Twin Blades Fate and Fortune for combat rogues. Thanks, and keep up the good work. All right, Anne? I, I don't really have a favorite artifact weapon yet. I, I kind of want to see more about them. 
and and even then i think i'm going to be kind of biased anyway because obviously you know i play like one class so <laughs> it's going to be one of those weapons from that one class it's going to be one of the rogue <laughs> weapons um but i mean alts i'll probably get into the artifacts with alts but again it's one of those things where i'm going to be kind of biased about it um how do i think the weapons will wind up in our hands I don't know. That's kind of like part of the next expansion, and we'll find out when we get there. I don't even want to speculate on it, really, because I know that each, I mean, each artifact weapon is going to kind of have its own storyline. You have to go do certain things for it. So it just varies from weapon to weapon. No two weapons are the same. I mean, some of them we already know. Didn't they straight up tell us about in the blog post for the rogue artifacts, like particularly the combat one? Don't didn't they say like the blades belong to some dread pirate? Yeah, they belong to someone, and you have to go get them, and then and go take like, them with the shards of Frostmourne. You have to go like I think you have to go talk to. Well, you have to go find the shards, obviously, which means probably talking to the Lich King or Mograine or one of the other. You know, there's there's some data mine there. Spoil- yeah, there's some data mine spoilers I'm not going to go into, but yeah, you do have to talk to somebody. Yeah, that's the difficulty of this question. It's like, well, uh, I saw the spoilers, but I don't want to talk about them. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's spoilers. And even then, with the spoilers that are out there, you still don't know if those spoilers are even correct, because they could change stuff last minute. They always do. Um, but I, I would say that it's not really something that I kind of want to speculate on at this point, because uh, what's what's the point? We're going to find out. I think what I find much more interesting is that each weapon gets its own quest. Like, each weapon gets its own thing to get to it. I'm just going to come out and say it. I hope Tyrion Fordring dies. (laughs) Can I? This isn't even mean. This isn't even being mean. It's not that I hate him or anything. The dude has been, like, having to carry on this whole, like, you know, standard bearer for paladins thing since he stopped eating giant bugs in in the Plaguelands. Yeah, and I think it is time to let him finally rest. He had to watch his son die. He had to like watch a whole bunch of other people die for him. He had to fight the Lich King, and then he had to like you know, it's just it's time. Tyrion, Tyrion's story is done. There, there, there should be an ending to it. If you're not going to let him retire, which apparently they just won't, then let him die. Give it's him time. Heroic, heroic ending. Especially That's since he's he's not an alliance hero anymore. He's been. Um, he's been faction neutral for so long that he's it doesn't been, even feel... He's been neutral. So go ahead, let him die. Um, for Thrall, I am okay with Thrall straight up getting some kind of retirement plan. I, I would be fine with Thrall getting a break. Um, I don't think they're going to kill Thrall, because come on. They'll kill anybody else before they kill Come on. May, but in terms in terms of like my favorite artifact, it is Stromka. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the uh, arms warrior weapon, because it is essentially Excalibur for the Warcraft setting. It's brand new. It's not... Uh, my heart has a kind of, like, good for Paladins that they got the Ashbringer finally. It's cool for Shaman that they use the Doomhammer. But I like this sword because, A, it's got a ton of lore behind it that we never heard before. And it's tied up in all the events of the foundation of, of you know, their first human kingdom, Arathor. Strong. And what the heck's... Yeah, what the heck has been going on under Tearsfall? The sword's involved in that. And I'm just... I like it. I like that this thing exists. I like that they brought it in. So that's, May I that's be a grumpy it. cynic again? Sure. As somebody who's been playing a Red Paladin for so long, I feel like the the window of excitement for Ashbringer has passed. Uh, I mean, that were, there was so much hype. Like, I've been playing since Vanilla, and there was so much hype about that. And, like, there were teasers in-game that you could theoretically find it somewhere. 
Like, mm-hmm. people were hunting for this thing because there's actual, like, books and things in game that's like, Ashbringer's out there. So everyone's like, oh, that's amazing. There's this hidden weapon. We have to find it. And this was before people did intense data mining. So people were genuinely convinced this thing was in here. And then Burning Crusade, they kept, te- there was, like, another teaser in Burning Crusade. Like, you can find the blacksmith who worked on this thing. So technically, that was the end of of the original game more than it was BC. Yeah, well, yeah. like there was theories about like this guy, this go, NPC, go to Outland, Crusade, yeah. right? This NPC is a blacksmith, and there's hints that he worked on Ashbringer. And then when they finally started doing Ashbringer reveals, like in the canon, they changed it. So like now it's made by Magni, and oh, you get the corrupted Ashbringer, and there's totally going to be stuff about how you can purify it and get the real thing. Never mind, you never got the corrupted Ashbringer. It's with Darian Mograine. Oh, now it's a Tyrion Forgering, and he's kind of a dweeb. It's been 10 years. I don't care about this Ashbringer game anymore. Uh, it's been tainted for me. Because I've been I've been wanting to get this thing since vanilla. Uh, I can't wait for this weapon for 10 years. See, here's the thing right, right now. When you guys were running around crazy wanting the Ashbringer, you know what I was trying to get? What's that? The, prisma- the prismatic Quelsarar, which there were just as many hints about. And they never actually introduced it. It never actually became a thing. But there is originally the book talking about. Then there's the true, the, the prismatic Quelsarar. I thought, oh, that'd be awesome. And I, there I have since so given many up. Crazy things back in vanilla that people latched onto and tried to figure out. But in terms of like, I'm, I'm, I'm down with like the Stromkot. Like I said, it's really because it's this weapon that is just so much a part of all this lore stuff. I like the other, the other um, warrior artifacts. I like. I think they're good. Like I think that the uh, Fury one is cool, and I like the uh, the, the the scale of Neltharian one. But Stromkar, because it is so tied to like this this particular part of, I do feel like it would be it's gonna be weird for orc warriors having to use that thing. Like yeah, yeah this this is totally the king blade of humanity. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, just and, over here. Yeah, and and I, I do want to be clear that. Uh, I'm not as grumpy about some of these things as I might seem on the podcast. Uh, I just like having the conversation. But um, Ashbringer is it's another one of those things, like I mentioned earlier about Sargeras. It's one of those things that where Blizzard teased it and teased it, and they mention it. But they keep the actual details and the acquisition and the appearances so close to their chest that after this many years, they've blown it for me. It's like I was excited about it, but you waited so long. I don't care anymore. I would rather have something new. (laughs) I, as far as I'm concerned with the artifact weapons, anything that has to do with Tiraswell Glades, because that's interesting to me. Anything that has to do with Karazhan Crypts, because that's interesting to me. And there are more, there's more than one weapon that ties into those things. But those are the ones that really kind of piqued my interest. I mean, the, the, there are, I mean, obviously there are artifacts that are really cool. Like the rogue ones for sure are awesome. Like being like getting actual like pirates, dread blades is super cool. And I mean, even some of the paladin ones are super cool, like involving tear and the Titans, you know, there's, there's some new lore there. Uh, yeah. It's just Ashburn in particular. I'm like, well, the window is closed on that one. Alrighty. Uh, next up is an email from Aldrizdavan. I believe that's how he told us to pronounce it or she uh, greetings. Watchers. This question is mostly for Alex because it's a non-lore question, though I'm happy to hear the entire panel's thoughts. Um, With the announcement of Legion, I'm thinking about various ways to pass the time because I'm not raiding as much these days. I have a number of account-wide projects and character-specific projects, but I'm having a hard time managing it all. My question is this. Do you know of a good add-on that helps you keep track of specific objectives, projects, etc., per character or per account? For example, it would be great to know that if I'm, you know, logging onto my warrior, I am still working on warrior tier sets in this 
specific pieces that I still need. And when I log on to my rogue, I'm working towards specific reputation grinds. If you don't know of an add-on, what system do you use, if any? Uh, very truly yours, Eldristavon. Well, um, add-ons, uh, I don't use those, so uh, not a great one for me. But uh, I really like spreadsheets. <laughs> um, I have a fascination with spreadsheets in that uh, they're very satisfying to me to track progress and you know notes of what I'm doing and what needs to be done. I love spreadsheeting, and specific objectives seem like a pretty good thing to track. I mean, if you have a Gmail account, just use Google Spreadsheets and just keep it online, and you can access it from wherever. Uh, especially for something like that, it seems a lot simpler to use a spreadsheet or just a checklist as opposed to an add-on. You know, did I do these objectives today? Did I achieve this goal? Did I get these pieces? You can just mark them off as you go, and I don't think you need an add-on to do like that. Okay, Anne, do you have anything thoughts on this one? Um, if I remember right, the one that everybody was using to like track achievements in particular was Overachiever, but um there are add-ons out there for just about anything. There was one I was using, I'm trying to find it. There was one that I was using specifically to track recipes, like cooking recipes and also um recipes for like professions, schematics and things like that. Um, and I'm trying to find the name of it because it was really handy. Do do do. Where is it? Aki's Aki's recipe list. A C K I S. You can get it on Curse, and um, that one it'll show you. It shows you everything you have. It'll scan your character to find everything that you have, and then it'll also show you everything that you don't have that exists in the game and tell you where to get it which was really helpful for me when I was trying to get the last few engineering schematics that I didn't have for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, between that and Overachiever, I think that kind of rounded me out as far as stuff that I collect. Reputation? I don't really use any kind of a reputation tracker. Yeah, I just fill just, the bars. Yeah, you, I mean, if you're using, I don't know, uh, uh, UI, like set, like, UI packages in the default UI, you can replace your experience bar with a reputation bar. Oh yeah, I do that. Any, so whichever as one. As soon as I hit on, max level, I do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I honestly, I play one class. Really, I mean, actually, that's not true. This expansion, I actually leveled up my Death Knight and my Shaman and stuff. But usually, I play a bunch of warriors. So uh, honestly, I, at this point, I'm not even bothering with transmog because one of my warriors has so much transmog gear. That the second that we get the new system, I'm just going to be like, <laughs> and cackle like a lunatic, and all my other warriors going to be like, I suddenly feel like I can wear everything. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I so I totally feel like I have 30 ash condies. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, I, I don't. I'm not really. The, the one project I had was transmog, and literally every so often I just kind of stop and think about that one guy with all that stuff in his bags, and then I cackle maniacally and go on with my day. Yeah, I, I just find spreadsheets very satisfying at the beginning of this expansion when i was first getting like gearing up all of my garrison followers i had a spreadsheet of all of my followers all their item levels you know the whole thing and it's every day when i would get new gear i would go update my spreadsheet and figure out where i needed people to be for certain missions and it was super satisfying i have spreadsheets are peace and joy in a chaotic world i feel (laughs) we have some people on the chat channel actually um just okay. to mention the reputation thing, uh, someone said that, or Canonicus, I think that's how you pronounce their name, said that Altaholic can track reps. And then Speed Lancer said that there's an add-on called Reputation Watcher that works pretty good. It switches to watch a rep that you just gained rep with, 
which sounds kind of interesting. Um, and someone named Megabro just said reputation bars is nice where it just like puts the reputation bar in there. Okay. Uh, we got one more email. Hopefully we can get through it in the time allotted. Uh, from Vindrios of the Vindrios, my apologies, of the of the Q Nezingwary. Uh, hello, Watchers. In the early days of the Legion announcement, we heard that the Horde and Alliance would once again be at each other's throats. However, in the BlizzCon cinematic, we see the humans and Forsaken banding together to fight a common enemy in the Burning Legion. I'm thinking all bets are off and the story could go anywhere. I'm holding out hope for a redemption story where Illidan perishes saving Tyrande in front of Malfurion once and for all, proving that he loved her the most. All along. Do you guys have any Blue Sky stories lines that we would like to see unfold? Love the show and amazing work covering BlizzCon. And P.S. I'm glad that Blizzard got to pull one over on Mr. Rossi and we're keeping Titan's grip. The weapon lore of Odin crafting the artifact blade sounds epic. Uh, Warmest regards, Vindrios. First off, they didn't pull one over on me. They gave me my Christmas present. (laughs) I was thrilled, man. Are you kidding me? The second that that guy got up and, and, you know, I, I still haven't found you to kiss you yet, but I am going to kiss you, sir. Um... When he got up and asked the question, and, and we got the immediate answer uh, from Jay Wilson. By the way, also, all you who hate Jay Wilson can just know I'm Jay Wilson is my boy now, forever. <laughs> Jay Wilson is my forever boy. I don't care. He can do anything. He can make Diablo 4 and just put in the Real Money Auction House. Just that's what you play. You play as the Real Money Auction. I don't care. I love the man. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's the part of this email that I cared about. Now on to the part that you guys can talk about. I don't care if Illidan loves Toronto more than Malfurion. He's a creepy asshole. And yes, I said a bad word on the podcast because that's fitting for Illidan. He's weird and gross. I honestly going to say this. I think it's we had the Illidan's moment with Toronto passed in Warcraft 3. He got so long ago. Yeah, he got closure. He's like, you know, it's never going to happen. I, I finally get that after 10,000 years locked in a box underground. I have finally figured out that my brother's girlfriend is not going to go She's for me. She's just not that into you. I mean, when <laughs> she says no, and her like boyfriend slash husband, who is your brother, your asks brother. you to back off, and you are still obsessively pining and like trying to worm your way in there at every opportunity, you're a gross, bad person. And if it takes you over 10,000 years to realize that, you have a problem. Well, yeah, but he had lots of problems. That's just one of them. But I think that's not okay behavior. It absolutely isn't. I I honestly feel like we don't need to dredge that up again. We don't need even, you know, it's fine if he has an unrequited thing for her, but we don't need to see any more of him proving it. Quite frankly, I want to see Illidan get a new story. I want to see Illidan do new things if if he's going to be around. Like I honestly felt like it was kind of cool in the in the Demon Hunter starting bit, the part that we've got so far. Illidan's like his quest to actually outright beat the whole Legion is fascinating. He has decided I want to take them out. Like you know what I mean here. This this is this is a big deal. This is a good focus. Uh, it 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 moves him beyond the whole, you know. I love you, Toronto. No. To, to be honest, I've always felt kind of bad about Illidan because he's been he's been stuck in that forever pining after Toronto role for so long, and there's so much more to that character. But that's the part that kept getting presented and mentioned all the time. So I'm kind of yeah, for the same reason, Rossi. I'm excited about what we saw in the Legion Hunt or the Demon Hunter the legion hunter the demon hunter starting experience and also i'm kind of excited to read the novel that's coming out because the way that they've framed that novel it's 
doesn't sound like it's really going to be much about Tyrande at all. It's going to be about Illidan and what he's doing. I mean, the thing is that um, I don't know if I want to get into this, but like fandom is a weird thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And with regards to Illidan, yeah, they keep pushing this Tyrande thing, but there's also like an enormous vocal group of people who really like the bad boy and genuinely <laughs> think that despite Illidan, like despite Illidan being like creepy and gross all the time, like he's the bad boy, so he's hot and sexy and they want him to get the girl and it weirds me out a lot. <laughs> a whole Wait. lot. There's always going to be stuff like that in fandom. You can't worry too much about it. But Just worry about what gets presented. Going back to the question at hand, Blue Sky storylines that I'd like to see unfold. I want to see something about Rathion and not him gently trying to nudge a war into happening or not him with some brief appearance somewhere or him, you know, telling me, hey, I'd like to go kill all of the Black Dragonflight. Can you go ahead and make that happen? Because you're a rogue and you're awesome. I want to see more about what we did to make that dragon come into being and how that affected him and what he is now and Honestly, what exactly if, that little bugger is up to. I That's if, what I want to see. Getting, if we're getting more Rathion, what I want to see is how does he react when the war he was telling everyone was coming gets here? Yeah. Because that's what this is. This yeah. is, you know, his dire prediction has come true. We didn't unite we didn't have one side conquer the other, and we're not working that well together. So what what's his do? plan now? And, and Kosak gave every indication that this is actually something we're going to see happen. That that, that yeah. this is obviously this is Rathion's moment, um, and it's it's that vision that he saw coming to pass, and he's going to be involved in it. How he's going to be involved, don't know. But I really hope they don't make him evil because that would just be the standard way to go. Okay. Well, I think at this point we are pretty much out of time. Uh, it's getting pretty late. So, uh, Anne? Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. As always, uh, you can send us emails at podcast at blizzardwatch.com. You know, we love to get your emails about pretty much anything. You know, it doesn't have to be lore. And the non-lore stuff doesn't have to just be aimed at Alex. We all love to talk about the game in general. So please do. That's been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you very much for listening and have a good week.